0: You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. All right, we need need a little bit of Pentecostal in us on that one. Uh, What a blessing. Praise the Lord for that truth. And that's why he came. That's it. You know, we, we look at Jesus starting his ministry. John the Baptist looked at him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And Hebrews tells us, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And, and the Lord Jesus Christ's sacrifice uh, on the cross for us, uh, he came, he, he was crucified, and then praise the Lord, he rose again. Uh, and he did so to purchase our salvation, and what a blessing that that is. I'm so thankful for that music. I don't know what they have planned for singing tonight. Uh, where'd they all go? All right, so we need to add that one as the first special tonight, and you can still sing whatever else you have planned, but I want to hear that one again, uh, so that was great. We just celebrated the uh, Lord's table on Sunday night this last week in communion, and just a uh, sweet time. Uh, looking, looking at the Savior. And this month, uh, and especially today, I told Brother David, I said, you're reading my text. Uh, and so uh, he's doing the offering, reading my text, and very familiar passage of Scripture. And uh, as I, earlier in the week, Brother Jackson sent me a little meme. And in the meme, it had two very stoic individuals, and, uh, and one of the men, he, the caption was, we need to put Christ back in Christmas. The other individual's response was, I would, I would settle for putting Christ back in Christians. And as he sent that, I was already working on this message, and I sent him a text back and said, you know, that sort of goes right in line with, with what I'm going to be preaching. You know, it's amazing how much the world affects us. We want to, we, we sort of get this ideology that since I'm saved, since I know the reason for the season, that I'm not caught up in it. Since I know the truth, obviously all of the commercialism, all of the things that go along with Christmas and the pressures and... That's just something somebody else deals with, but it's not me. And when we look at Christmas, we look at Christ. That's what we should be looking at. And how do we change the focus? I mean, how do we change the focus? Because the reality, I wasn't I wasn't raised in church. I until I was a teenager, got into church. But up until that point, uh, Christmas was about it was about presents, and it was about family, and it was about food. And you know what? Christmas is still about presents and family and food. but we add Christ. And I have, no, I have no problem with presents. I like them. I like to get them, I like to give them. I have no problem with food, as you can tell. I love family and getting together with family. It's enjoyable. But if we're not careful We can take the worldly, secular attitude of Christmas, and it can still really be the same attitude that the world has as a believer. And as I was trying to figure out how do we make that shift, how do we make that change, the only way we can make that change is to change our focus. And I'm not saying you have to do away with family, food, and presents. What I am saying is the emphasis and who we are looking at really needs to be magnified. And so I want you to look again with me. Uh, it's uh, verse number 23 of Matthew 1. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. And we're going to focus this morning on a word that many of you will know what it means, the incarnation it is God taking on the form of flesh. It is God taking on the form of a man. God becoming man, the incarnation of God. And we're going to look at that incarnation. And when, as we look at the incarnation, uh, we are, uh, as we look at it, uh, I want to uh, draw our focus because if we don't truly understand the doctrine of the incarnation of Christ. Then truly, many other areas of our doctrine are going to be very weak. Because if we don't know who Christ is, then everything else is a little bit unstable. And so this morning, we're going to look at the incarnation there. So, uh, the title of the message is Keep Christ in Focus, or Keep Christ in Christmas is the series, and Focus is part one this morning. Father, I do pray that you would bless now. Help us uh, to be able to look at your word, and and Lord, I pray that you would give us insight and wisdom. I pray that you would sharpen our minds, help us to grab a hold of these truths, and uh, and to be able to uh, truly see. May we uh, not just have vision, but may we be able to, uh, to dial our focus in. I pray that we would have some clarity Uh, I pray that we would have some magnification where we can see things better and so help each and every one from the youngest Christian to the oldest senior saint Uh, and then for those that do not know you may today be the day where they see their need for the Savior and so I pray that you bless for Christ's sake amen so here uh, this morning, we're gonna look at this as we're looking at the Lord. The Bible, uh, someone said uh, that there are too many social justice uh, and psychological messages coming from our pulpits today. They said psychology is replacing theology. You know, that is, that is so very true. And, and with that, they went on to state that our people are spiritually weak because there is so much entertainment and unsound teaching. And when that is the case, then uh, we, we are missing out on uh, the doctrines of God. Now, uh, as we look at incarnation, and we'll look at several th- aspects this morning, uh, don't be afraid of theology. Theology is not just for, uh, for scholars. Uh, the word, the word uh, uh, doctrine is just the word teaching. A- and so we, we want to be able to, to grab a hold of this. And my goal this morning is for us to see a little clear of who Jesus is, and may that, that knowledge impact uh, our, our following Him, our faith in Him. And so, uh, when we look at Matthew chapter 1, we find the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Now, uh, verse number 1 tells us that, uh, but it, it doesn't start with the beginning. It doesn't start with, uh, with all the way back, it begins with Abraham. Now, then it goes from Abraham to David, and from David to the carrying away of Babylon, and from the carrying away of Babylon, that seventy-year uh, time of judgment, the Babylonian captivity, from from uh, the from the Babylonian captivity, then uh, to Jesus Christ. And so, uh, we have forty-two different generations that encompass about nineteen hundred years, uh, and and the the. The 1,900 years or those thousands of years prior are not even addressed here. But look with me at verse number 16. He says, And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ now if you go through Matthew 1 you are going to see uh, Abraham begat Isaac and Isaac begat and and just going to go all through the lineages and it will be the father to the firstborn son father to firstborn son father to firstborn son when we get down to verse number 18 we see a change now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise he's saying now there's a shift here these were all born naturally and because of the natural relationship of husband and wife a child was conceived and brought into this world and that relationship uh, the genealogy is being followed it says now the the uh, uh, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, it's saying it's different this is how it was before but when we come to Jesus now this is how it is it's not the same You know why? Because Jesus did not have a uh, a earthly father. Uh, he did not have. Uh, he was not born uh, of woman, as as we uh, were born of woman uh, and man. Uh, Matthew one eighteen. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise: when, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. So, so now here we see a distinction that that uh, Joseph. She was espoused to Joseph, but she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now skip down to verse 23. It says, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And so here, when we we look at uh, these verses and the genealogy, we see that uh, Joseph was in Abraham's Uh, He was in Abraham's seed. He was in David's seed. He was in the kingly seed for the right to be a king. You had to come through uh, the kingly seed. Joseph uh, had to have that kingly seed, yet uh, he was not responsible for the conception of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see the legal, we see the kingly uh, seed that's there, Uh, but then uh, we see Mary uh, having Uh, being born uh, or uh, conceiving of the Holy Ghost. And so uh, Joseph was not the father; uh, he was not the one that begat, as every other man begat their sons. Jo- Joseph was not the one that begat the Lord Jesus Christ. So when uh, he was prophesied uh, in Matthew one twenty three, we see the uh, the text verse in Isaiah seven fourteen uh, that uh, uh, that the uh, uh, they shall uh, that a virgin shall be a child, and they shall call his name uh, Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So the incarnation, God becoming man, is, is very clear in Scripture. But let's back up a little bit in this process as God has revealed to us, because we started in Matthew with Abraham. Let's go back a little bit more as we see Jesus. And his existence. Uh, go back to John chapter 1, if you would. John chapter 1. And this morning, we are going to have more Bible study than, uh, than may, a uh, little bit more of an in-depth Bible study than might be a normal, more of a Wednesday night type uh, message. Uh, but here as we look, I think this will be a, a great help to us. John chapter 1 and verse number 1, the Bible says, in the beginning was the, what? Word. Uh, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God, was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And so I'm going to share four different things this morning when we're looking at the incarnation of Christ, the existence of Christ. Uh, And I want you to see, first of all, number one, the duration of Christ, the duration. Uh, uh, And look at verse number one there of of John 1. It was in the beginning, was the Word. Now, this tells us of the eternal existence of the Word. Now, in John 1.14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we know that the Word here, capital W, it is a proper name for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll look at uh, several instances here in a little bit how he is called the Word of God. Uh, But here he is the Word. Uh, The duration in the beginning was the Word. This tells us of that eternal existence of Christ. Uh, And the eternal existence is an attribute of no one else other than God. God. You say pastor, well, you know, we we understand this. And I think so often we have we have knowledge that we picked up here and there, but trying to put it all together. As I was studying this message out, I was having a time. I was just so excited. I'm writing down in my notes across the page. Amen. Uh, uh, I got glory written across my notes. It was, I I wanted to just, I just couldn't just sit there and write it out. It was just like, I, I was just rejoicing in the fact as I'm looking at the Savior and I'm looking at all that he has done to ever come to a place where where he was in a manger and born of woman and and lived a life uh, down here. Before he ever went to the cross, uh, he existed already. Jesus Christ did not start existence in Bethlehem. He's eternal. Why? Because he's God. God. He's God, the duration. Uh, It wasn't just that uh, he started out uh, in in Bethlehem. His life didn't begin with Mary. He was eternally existence. Uh, now, I want you to see a couple things here. Uh, notice in the words, it says, in the beginning was the word. So we see the timing here. In the beginning was the word. Now, here we have the same phrase that the Bible opened up with. So go back to Genesis chapter number one and verse number one. and We're going we're to see some correlations here as we look at this uh, in, uh, uh, in Genesis chapter one. Excuse me. Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1. In the beginning, God, what? Created the heaven and the earth. So the beginning denotes here when creation began, not when God began. So here we have the beginning of time. You see... When we, look at, when we look at Genesis, we have Moses on one hand uh, relaying uh, the truth, everything that happened, he says, in the beginning, and with, with Moses, it was in the beginning God created. It was everything that happened after the beginning. When we look at John 1.1, we see what was before the beginning. In the beginning, God. So when the beginning began was when time began. And God was already there. God did not begin. God already was. And so here when we look at this, we see uh, John referring to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and everything that happened before. Before time began. We have Moses uh, relaying when time began. In the beginning, God created. So from the creation of time, our creation of the world is when time began. Now time is a segment of, of eternity, but eternity is not inside time. And our God is outside time. He He's not stuck in time. Now, he manifested himself in the flesh for a segment of time, but he already was. And so we see the, the, the existence, the eternal existence, uh, the beginning of the narrative of Moses' law was referring to what happened from creation later and Christ's existence as being present during the time. He already was there. God already existed prior to that time. He was, he was there before beginning, before time. So Christ's existence is not limited to time. He is eternal. So, in the beginning is the earliest possible point of measured time. But it speaks nothing of eternity, only of time. So, in John 1, verse 1, he said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, in the beginning, God created... And in the beginning was so in the beginning God God was already there before creation began uh in the beginning was the word and the word was there before uh before the beginning, uh, and so here now we see uh, the timing of it, but then the tense of it. Now this is exciting to me. Uh, I've got lots of different notes here in my Bible, uh, and I hope it'll be a help to you. But go back, John chapter one, I moved my spot. Uh, John chapter one, and look with me at verse number one. There, there are some words here, some verbs, uh, that, that are completely different. The verb was, in verse 1 and 2, are the exact same verb. The verb was, in verse number 3, is a completely different verb. And it has completely different meanings Because it's not only the time, it's the tense of these verbs and what they are communicating. And so here, uh, you have verse number uh, one and two, in the beginning was. Now, in verse number one one and two, it's the word ain. Uh, Ain, and that that Greek word ain, it means to exist. And so, in the beginning, God exists. He was, he was there. He existed. All right? So, in the beginning uh, was the Word. So, in the beginning existed the Word, and the Word uh, was with God, existed with God, and the Word was God, existed uh, uh, as God. So, uh, the same was, same ain, uh, was in the beginning with God. Now, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, verse number three, the was there, is to become, is, is to become in existence. Uh, it was, it was uh, let me make sure I get this right here. Uh, so, uh, one, uh, the first two verses was to exist, and then to become existent. So, when it says here in verse number three, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Uh, creation could not become into existence without him who already existed. It's just pretty amazing how God's word, uh, the clarity that's there and, and how you study, uh, you see just the truth that's there. And what do we find? We find that uh, the duration, uh, we have an eternal Christ. We have an eternal savior. He wasn't born just in Bethlehem. His existence didn't begin then. He already was before the world began. So we see the, 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 uh, the, the uh, duration. I want you to see secondly, The dwelling, uh, the dwelling. You've got to hurry a little bit better as you're listening so I can get finished with this. Uh, I've got a lot of of points here. Uh, So the dwelling, uh, verse number one, it says, The Word was with God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Where was he dwelling? He was dwelling with God. The word "with" there is the accusative tense, and what that what that means is it's not just to be alongside; it is to commune in union with. Theologians that study out all the tenses of these verbs they say that, uh, that it was he was face to face with God. You couldn't get any closer. It's referring to relationship. It is referring to dwelling and the union that was there. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. Now, the Word became flesh, John 1, 14, so we know that Jesus Christ is referred to, uh, the The Word there is His thing. Is a title it is uh, it is a, a naming structure we 'll get there here in a second, uh, but in that accusative case, it was living union, communion uh, so Butler said this the word existed in the closest fellowship possible with the Father, and so here you have God the Father and God the Word, or God the Son and they were they were dwelling together there was a uh, there was a closeness there, and this is This is eternal. This is eternal. And so, God uh, dwelling in the flesh, or God dwelling, Christ was dwelling with God. Before his manifestation as a man, he was dwelling with God. His beginning was not in the beginning, his beginning was before the beginning. And it's not just that he, he rose to go sit to the right hand of the Father. He eternally was with the Father. He had already been there. So we see the duration. We see the dwelling. I went through the dwelling quickly. Don't get your hopes up on three and four. Uh, But then we're going to look at the deity. The deity. Uh, Stay in John chapter one. Look at verse number one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word was God. Not just like God, He was God. John 1.14, I've quoted it several times already. But look there, if, if, you don't, if you have your Bible open. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, the word, capital W, was made flesh. So God the Father, God the Word, God the Holy Spirit. The Word became flesh. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So in Matthew 123, he said, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Why? Because Jesus is God. He's God. That that right there, and you say, "Well, Pastor, I already knew that." That should just make you uh, just rejoice in the fact that we have a Savior uh, that is—he's God. He is. It's not just that he came for a little time and was uh, was abused by mankind and crucified. Uh, he is God, and he submitted himself as God to his own creation. Can you imagine the humility? Can you imagine uh, that that? The, why God would submit Himself to His own creation, suffer the evil at their hand, so He could show His love to them—unbelievable. We just have an amazing God. Uh, And the Lord Jesus Christ, he is God. You say, Pastor, how does this tie in? We need to keep Christ in Christmas. We need to make sure that we're looking at him, who he is. He's not just this little baby. He's not just the one that was suffering on the cross. He is God. And our, our love, our adoration, our submission to him, Needs to be because of who he is. He's God. He's eternal God. Irvin said this. He said the the truth of the deity of Christ is so uh, important. He said, the deity of Christ, if discredited, causes the collapse of Christianity. You know, there are so many attacks. Think about where the attacks come. They come against the word of God, and the attacks come about against the deity of Christ. You know, you start looking at the cults. You start looking at uh, false religion. Uh, What do we find? They deny the deity of Christ. Islam denies the deity of Jesus Christ. The Jehovah's Witnesses, they deny the deity of Jesus Christ. The Unitarians, they deny the deity of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and, a, and when there's an attack on Christ, it's almost against his deity. Uh, and the Bible is very clear that there is a triune God, the Trinity of God, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And you cannot deny the Trinity or the, or the deity and believe the Word of God. That's why the Jehovah's Witnesses changed and wrote their own Bible because it did not line up with with the 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 their uh, belief system and and people get upset when you when you say something but but the Bible is clear on this uh, there was a man uh, who was a Baptist he was an apostate Baptist he died in sixty nine uh, but uh, uh, this man uh, he wrote several books his name was H- Harry Emerson Fosdick uh, and he wrote uh, many books uh, one of his books The Hope of the World uh, and this was a preacher uh, he had an entire chapter, uh, and it was titled, The Peril of Worshiping Jesus. And in the chapter, he went through and just showed his hatred for the doctrine of the deity of Jesus Christ. And he also made another statement that he was known for. He said, I did not have to believe anything simply because it was in the Bible. You know, how are we gonna know the revelation of God outside the Bible? And here's somebody who is, who is pretending to be a preacher of truth and is denying uh, the, the Savior. Uh, John, 1 John 2, 23, whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, uh, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father. You can't deny Jesus Christ and, and worship the Father. That it doesn't matter what you say, uh, God says you cannot do. You cannot deny the Son and have a relationship with the Father. Second John uh, verse 9, whosoever transgresseth abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. You cannot deny Jesus Christ and, and have a relationship with God because you're denying God. So we see the deity of Jesus Christ. Lastly, I want you to see the designation for Christ. Here it was the Word. In the beginning was the Word, the designation. He was titled the Word. And and we see that in John 1.1. 1, 1. We see it in John 1.14. We see it in 1 John 1.1. 1, 1. The Bible says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Notice the capital W there. It is, it is the title of who Christ is. It is, it is his title as the word. And, and he was from the beginning, all right? Uh, Revelation 19, 13, and was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called, what is his name called? The Word of God, the Word of God. And it's referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when, when Jesus took and was given and relayed himself as the Word, we think about that and... A word is how we gain our thoughts. Our thoughts are the summation of words. Our our ability to communicate is the assembly of these words. And the Lord is referred to as the Word of God. Now, our words reveal our thoughts. So you write something down in a journal. What is it? You're communicating your thoughts. This is how I feel. Sometimes you have emotions and you're, you're not even sure how to put it all together in words. You know what I'm talking about? You want to say something, but you're not quite sure how to say it or what to say, and and so you're trying to pull the words together to be able to appropriately communicate your thoughts. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. What is it? It's the speaking of words. It's the communication of our thoughts. And so here, Jesus is the Word of God. So he is uh, the Word. So Christ, being the Word then, is the revealer and the spokesman of God. Go to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. I don't know if you're enjoying this, but I am. All right, John chapter 1. Look with me at verse number 1. John chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world's. What do we find here? Christ uh, is the, uh, the one who is the revealer of God. He, he is the word. He is the word that is used. God revealed his word to the prophets. Uh, what was it? God communicated uh, his thoughts, his desires to the prophets. He, he has also given us a written word. But beyond the written word is the one who that word represents. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but he, he goes beyond just saying that he is the Word. Go to Revelations chapter 1. Revelations chapter 1. And in Revelation 1, look at verse number 8. Revelation 1.8. He said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. So we know that Christ is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning, the ending, the first and the last. And we look at that, and he used the Alpha and Omega, the Alpha, the first letter of the Greek Greek alphabet. The omega, the last letter of the Greek alphabet. And those were, that was a miserable year of college uh, with Greek. Uh, and first semester, A's, no problem. Second semester, I was just hanging on. Uh, but uh, uh, here, he said, I'm alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. And we just look at it as bookends. But what he is saying He is not just the Word, He is every letter that can be assembled to communicate who God is. Without the letter of the alphabet, we have no words. And the Lord said, I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm from the beginning to the ending. He said, the only way that you are going to be able to communicate who God is, is through me. Pretty amazing that he is the Word. He he is the one uh, that is the revealer. Butler said this, he said, "Christ, beginning... uh, the Alpha and the Omega emphasizes his work as the Word to reveal God. Colossians 2.9, For in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And he was the one. And so in him, like all the letters of the alphabet, is how we reveal, how we communicate. And how do we communicate God? We have, we have the Word so, so here, when we look at Jesus Christ, he's not just the baby. He's not just the crucified Savior. He is the creator who was there before the world began. In the beginning, God created. God spoke and God said words. Let there be light. And there was Light. So here you have, when we look into the creation, the Spirit of God moved upon them. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit all working together collectively uh, in uh, the creation of the world, but focusing on Christ, who He is, uh, and uh, He is the Word. Uh, And and, uh, we didn't get, without Christ, we have no Savior but that savior he had he chose before the worlds even were formed he chose acts tells us the determinate counsel before the world began there was a plan that he had to come to this earth we celebrate christmas we celebrate the coming of christ and praise the Lord, I'm, I enjoy that. The world can't get away from Christ during Christmas. I remember after I first got saved, I got onto a bus route, and we, I remember it just as clear today. Uh, pretty amazing. I know right where we're at. Uh, we were uh, right in front of, uh, of uh, oh, I just, just lost their names. Uh, the girl you sat on. Rondella's house. We were sitting right in front of uh, the first stop, Rondella and Tyrone and Walter. And so sitting on these, uh, right in front of the uh, kids' uh, house there and a worker went up to get the kids and it was a cold Washington morning and there was, uh, there was uh, just dew on the inside of the window. And so I went back on the side of the windows and I started writing Mary and I ran out of windows. So I put Xmas man, there was this redheaded bus worker that was a teenager. She's sitting right there. And she came along and she scribbled everything out. You took Christ out of Christmas. And I'm like, huh? (laughs) But I didn't even think about it. All the different ways we remove Christ out of Christmas. You know what we need to do? We need to stop and think about who he is. He's God. And we need to to grab a hold of the reality of who He is. And when we understand that He, not just knowing academically, nobody walked in here this morning that did not already believe that Jesus was God. But whether or not we really grab a hold of His place as deity, His place as God, His place as as the creator of the world who was incarnated. The incarnation, He became man for us. He sacrificed for us. And He did that simply to pay for our salvation. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Life. And it's through him. It's all through him. Uh, Luke 19.10, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. John 3.18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed In the name of the only begotten Son of God." You see, every one of us are in one of two conditions. We are with Christ or we're without Christ. We are in Christ or we're outside Christ. We are saved or we're lost. And we can put whatever name on it, we can say Christian or secular, not Christian, a believer or an unbeliever, but that also puts us in one of the other two categories. We can either be saved or we can be condemned. You know, we don't have to die to be condemned. If you're without Christ this morning, the Bible says you're condemned already. And it's not because of a lifestyle. It's not because of an upbringing. It's because you have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. It's that putting our faith and who Jesus Christ is. And when we come to Christ, we get far more than salvation. We get far more than just the escaping the penalty of sin and hell. We get a Savior. I'm so thankful that He came. Now, I started the message saying we need to put Christ keep Christ in Christmas. And the only way we will really be able to keep Christ in Christmas is if we are looking at Him. Where's our focus? If our focus is on all the trimmings, we're missing out on the best part. But it's not just Christmas, it ought to be every day. Who is Christ to you? And here we have a season where the world can't get away from Christ. But as Christians, we have a great opportunity to communicate Christ. Focus. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, just the verses that we were able to go to and there's so many others that we could have looked at. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to look into our own lives. And Lord, in the areas where we fail you, Lord, we, we come before you. And Lord, we, we want to, to have you in the right place. But I pray that you would help us to keep our focus on you. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you have done for us. I pray that you would help us to focus on you throughout this Christmas season. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning. Do you know Christ is your Savior? Uh, if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, uh, now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Maybe you're saved. and Maybe we just haven't looked and thanked the Lord for who He is in our life. Let's stand together. Just a short invitation. The Lord spoke to your heart this morning to respond. Who's Jesus to you? If you don't know Christ, let me encourage you to come. We'll have someone that'll take the Bible and show you what God has to say about you going to heaven. Maybe you're watching online and there's some verses or there's a a number on your screen. Let me encourage you to text heaven to that number. We'll have someone get back to you and try to communicate and answer any questions that you might have. How about it, Christian? Where's Christ? If If he's not first... Maybe he got lost in the shuffle. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.